We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. A sign in the foyer. Tomorrow night in our leadership meeting, we're going to detail what this means and then we're going to disperse it to the congregation. I'm very excited because I believe today God is going to release this church out into this area. I believe that all of us are called by God to be missionaries, to be evangelists, to be witnesses. The question is not, am I called? The question is, what is your response to the call? I believe that we all, and I speak to myself first and foremost, when I grew up, I was very timid and very shy. I know you can't believe that today. I didn't hardly talk very much. I was very, very uh, much an introvert. But when I got saved at the age of 11, God changed everything about me. I began to not have confidence because the Bible says put no confidence in the flesh. I don't have confidence, but I believe at the age of 11, God started giving me what I call Godfidence. I began to come out of my shell, uh, and boy, when I came out, I never went back in. I broke that shell. I became to be somebody who says, you know what? I do have value, and I do have worth. Not because of who I am, but because God loves me. And God sent His Son and died for me. And, and that gave me confidence. And I believe that every one of us today, I pray that every one of us, if you don't already have it, that God today will give you confidence. Because we don't need confidence. We need confidence to do what God is calling this church to do. We're not here today to say, hey, I'm the man. No, no, no. We're here today to say, God, I'm your man. I'm your woman. I will do what you've called me to do. I have very strong convictions that the church gathers together as body of believers to get energized, to get ministered to, to get revitalized, to when we exit the doors, we are entering the mission field. What more has value? Someone saved in Africa or someone saved in Ponca? Which one has the most value? I have a strong confidence, confidence, that God also said in His Word that we are to reach Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. So at PCA, what is our first area of responsibility? Jerusalem, Ponca City, Newkirk, Scheidler, Stillwater, Tonkawa, Blackwell, Winfield. These are our Jerusalems. And when we leave this church today, I want us to leave not with confidence, because confidence says, I'm the man. But confidence says, hey, I'm your man. 
I'm your woman. And I want God to take all of us out of our shells to begin to do what God's called us to do. So if you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. The early church was persecuted. We are so blessed today, aren't we? That we have an ability to, to gather in such a beautiful facility, beautiful people, in a beautiful town, in a beautiful country, America. In the early church who was persecuted, they had a guy by the name of Saul that was a killing machine. Stephen has just been brought out, stoned, killed in front of everybody. At his stoning, there was a young man by the name of Saul. He took it upon himself. I'm going to forward this. So because of that, everybody scattered. They left Jerusalem. They escaped. But what this caused was people who had confidence being sent out without even knowing they're being sent out. They scattered and because of that, the gospel spread. The gospel is spreading. The disciples are, are doing everything they can. And there was one disciple. His name was Philip. You don't hear a whole lot about him. But this guy was, if you had to put him in a category, he was a cowboy. He was the cowboy disciple. So he was beginning to have the, the beginnings of cowboy church. Have you ever been to a cowboy church? The pastor I served under, uh, Brother Morris Ivey, uh, when I, I was his youth pastor and his associate for years, I tell him to this day, I'm the reason that he was put into the district office in North Texas. <laughs> uh, we, had, we did a great job of Speed the Light. And so he went to the district office for several years, and then he uh, was out of the district office, and I couldn't believe it. My dear, reserved Pastor Morris Ivey, who always told me I would be a great Methodist Episcopal Presbyterian pastor. Because he was. He was very reserved, very quiet, soft-spoken pastor. He liked Dr. Charles Stanley, if that will give you an example. He all of a sudden left the district office and became part of a cowboy church. Brother Ivy, who always wore a suit, is now wearing blue jeans, cowboy boots, and snap-on shirts. Yeah. Well, that's Philip. He's your cowboy preacher. And not only is he a cowboy preacher, when he left Jerusalem, he went to Samaria. We know about Samaria, right? I mean, these people were a mixed race. I talked about it, how that the Jews uh, in the southern region, in order to get to the northern region, Samaria was in their way. And they would walk all the way around Samaria. They didn't even want the dust of Samaria on their feet. They were too holy. And now, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God has sent Philip to Samaria to preach the gospel. It's awesome. And you know what? They are having a revival in Samaria. It is busting out. The whole area is getting saved. People are coming to the Lord, getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, these Samaritans? Absolutely. God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. And then people are getting healed. The services are every night. 
I mean, it was like Brownsville, Topeka, Kansas, all over. It was awesome. And in the middle of this revival, God speaks to Philip. And he says, I want you to leave this revival. What? God, are you serious? Look at the thousands of people that are coming and getting saved. Man, this is going great. It couldn't be better. We're, we're going to reach anymore. God says, I want you to leave. And I want you to head south. South. When? Whenever I tell you to. You see, we need to be people who listen to God. And whenever God speaks, that's when we go. And I believe that God is speaking to PCA Church today. And I believe He's beginning to tell every one of us, if we listen, it's time to go. It's time to go. He told Philip to go south. South. Look at this, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. I'm sure Philip... Well, he probably didn't, but I would have. I would have had a little dissertation to God. God, send the angel. Why send me? I mean, I'm the man. I'm preaching. It's a revival. And God's going, you're not the man. You're my man. And I'm telling you to head out of here and go south. Well, as a boy from the south, I'm thinking, okay, that's a good news. Heading south, fried foods, sweet tea. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I was glad when they said unto us, come to Oklahoma. We had not had sweet tea in 15 years. They didn't even know what it was in New Mexico. Sweet tea. Fried foods. Are you kidding me? Man, I love Oklahoma. Everything's fried. You fry ice cream. You fry Oreos. You fry Snickers. You, I mean, it's wonderful. So Philip's heading south. Whenever. Whenever. Why? Look at verses 28 and 29. There was a man who was on his way home, sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit, listen, told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Yeah. I believe God is telling you and I today we need to be Phillips. We need to find people to go and stay near. Have you had anybody stay near to you in your life? I have. I have. They just stay near. They've just been there. I believe God is telling us today, we need to be Phillips. We need to go and stay near a family member, a friend, a co-worker. You are going to be Phillips. You're going to be Phyllis's. Whoever you are today. Because God's going to birth in you a confidence that you know what? I'm going to hear the word of God and I'm going to go whenever He speaks to whoever he tells me to. Whenever, whoever. Why? Because it is the Spirit of God. Philip didn't know this person. 
Philip could have had all kinds of excuses. But look at verse 27. He started out on his way. He met the Ethiopian eunuch. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candate, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Now, Philip could have had all kinds of excuses. He could have said, wait a minute, God, I don't know this guy. Uh, what's he going to think? I mean, you've got to understand, this guy's in a chariot. He'd gone to Jerusalem to worship. He's in this chariot. He's riding in the desert, kind of by himself. Philip's out walking in the desert, and God just says, go hang around I don't know about you, but if I'm riding in a chariot and there's a guy who keeps following me, I'm going to be a little suspicious. He's not coming up. He's not, he's not saying anything. He's just walking, just staying here. What is he doing? I'm about to pull out my 9 mil. Right? Conceal and carry. I mean, well, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, you have guns in this morning. But yeah, he could have had excuses. He could have had also this excuse. Wait a minute, God. He's black. He's Ethiopian, you know. He's very, very wealthy. This guy's, in order to have a copy of the book of Isaiah, your own copy, you are very, very wealthy. God, he's too wealthy. I can't talk to him. I'm not in his socioeconomic level. Well, I'm not dressed well enough to, to speak to this guy. What will he think of me? He could have had lots of excuses, just like you and I can have. We can come up with all kinds of excuses. Well, God, what if they reject me? Well, God, what, what are they going to think about me? Or what are they going to say about me? And, and you know, I, I've been their friend and neighbor. And uh, Do we know our neighbors? Do we know who lives on our streets? Because God has placed you there, right? For a purpose. But this man was seeking. He was reading the book of Isaiah. He was wanting to know the truth. And then God told Philip, run to the chariot. Run. This is the moment. Take advantage of it. You've got to get after it right. Don't stay near. Take off running. Get to that chariot as fast as you can. So he gets to this chariot and he says, how can I? Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Philip runs to the chariot and goes, hey, can I help you? Do you understand what you're reading? You see, Philip started where he was. This man goes, I don't understand this. And how can I understand it unless there's somebody to explain it to me? Isn't it amazing how God works? In the desert where there should be no one there to explain anything, God has taken Philip out of a revival, brought him out there in the desert. Whenever... Lord, whoever, and all of a sudden there's a guy, right? This is not just coincidence. This is not happenstance. This is God putting things together for one person. One person. We're not here to win the masses. We are here to win one to the lost. To reach one person. So he begins to draw near. So he can hear. To make it clear. He had to face his fears. I believe today. We don't have to have all the answers. 
But we do have to have some of the answers. There's a lot of people today who are very confused. I talked with a young man yesterday. I was, I was privileged to, to be able to pray after they had a showing of, I can only imagine, at the Ponca Theater yesterday. Talked with a young man yesterday who was so confused about Jesus Christ. Not about religion, but about Christ. Listen, the world today needs somebody just to explain the truth. The truth. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. We don't have to know all the theology. We don't have to know all the hermeneutics. We don't have to know all the transcultural truths. We just have to know the basic truth. And so Philip began to explain it to him. Explain it. You see, in the shallow waters, we can muddy it up real quick. It gets muddy in shallow waters, doesn't it? And I've seen Christians try to, try to get in there and try to take somebody out deep and the water's real shallow. Hey, the water's shallow. Don't muddy it up. Keep it clear. Draw near. Let them hear. We need to keep it simple. Let them understand truth. Don't get it all muddied up and go, well, we have the 16 fundamental truths and today I want to take you through all of those and, and then I want to help you understand how our theology differentiates from the, from the other religions that are in town and this and that and the other. But we don't need to get into all that. We just need to tell them about Jesus Christ and Him crucified and that He loves them and there's mercy and there's grace because I've experienced in my life, you've experienced in your life. We need to be able to be Phillips. Why? Because we need to say, God, whatever. This is pretty simple, isn't it? Who, whenever, whoever, whatever. There is no difference. I asked you the question before. There is no difference in someone coming to Christ in Ponca than someone coming to Christ in Africa. The difference is we don't have to lead that person to Christ in Africa. We give $50 so somebody else can do it. God's called us. No question. He's called us to Ponca. And our mission is here and now. I love the way God's timing is. After Philip talks with him, he begins to understand it. He believes. And he, he believes enough to go, i got to get baptized. In the desert? Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, this is how I tell my story to my grandkids. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, water shows up. And he goes, hey, there's some water. What keeps me from getting baptized? Philip goes, nothing, man. You believe? Yeah. That's all you need. Let's get this done. Confidence. They hop out of the chariot. They go over. Philip baptizes. Maybe the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Boom. When he comes up, Philip's gone. Why? Mission completed. God had him to go. He said, hey, Whatever, whatever, whoever. That's all God wants. And that's what God is saying to you and to me today. Pastor, it is time. God orchestrated everything 
perfect, no coincidences. What if Philip had started off late? He wouldn't have met him. What if he didn't run? He just said, oh, I'm just going to walk. It's hot. He's not going that fast. He doesn't have justify as his cherry horse. Four of you watched the race yesterday. <laughs> oh, it'll be okay. I'll do it tomorrow. Not today. Today's not convenient for me. No. No excuses. He said, okay, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Whenever, whoever, whatever. A lot of people today are giving excuses. I myself have given God excuses. Yeah. I don't know enough, not smart enough. I've talked to some very, very wealthy men and women in my life, and I go, God, I'm not dressed well enough. What if my English is not good enough? And then in that moment, you know what happens? Godfidence. Hey, this is not me. This is God prompting me by the Holy Spirit. It is time for you to go. Yes, sir. Where? Wherever I tell you to. Why do you think we're in Parker? It's not because that's what we chose. It's where God told us to. Why are you here? Well, Pastor, I was born here. Not by coincidence. God placed you here on purpose. God put you here because there's somebody who needs a Phyllis or a Philip. Somebody to draw near. Somebody to make it clear so they can hear. The problem is you have to face your fear. But God, I'm not polished enough for this and that and the other. On and on our excuses go. No, no, no. God has placed you for this. He's called you for this. He does not call the church to come and just have church. And then walk out the door and do nothing until next week. No, no, no. He's called us to be Phillips and say, hey, I want you to go for me. I want you to step up. It's time to step up and take your place. Step forward and go, I don't have confidence, but I got confidence. I trust in God. I know He is always going to be with me. He's got my back. He's going to, it's not me speaking, it is God speaking through me. God, what if they say no? What if they say, I've been waiting for somebody to explain this to me. I've been waiting for somebody to step up. And you may say, well, pastor, why? Why are you preaching like this today? Because I believe God has placed this for this moment, now and forward, for this church. Why? It's forever. Forever. When we take our last breath or Jesus comes back, it's forever and ever and ever. We may be that person, that Philip that Phyllis, that God is going to say, I want you to draw near to that person. And when they invite you, you get in their chariot. You get in their space. You get in, you go to their house. You get in their car. 
You walk with them on the sidewalk, whatever it may be. I'm placing you there for this reason. Why? It's forever. We forget about this sometimes. God is placing us in other people's lives because we are going to be that person to help them understand so that they can receive Jesus Christ. And that is our role. That is our position. That is our place. It's forever. But what will people think about me, Pastor? They may think that you really are a Christian. You don't just talk about it, but you really are. You are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first, but then to all the Gentiles. Samaritans? Yeah. Okay, Philip, you've done good with the mixed race. Now let me send you over here to my black brother, my Ethiopian. Boy, God was stretching Philip too, wasn't he? God stretched you. God stretched me. Talk to people we didn't know we'd ever talk to. God's placed me in all kinds of situations. God placed me in an elevator not too long ago at the hospital because I was visiting Willard. Put me in an elevator. Just me and one other person. The Holy Spirit said, just ask them, are you going up or down? <laughs> okay. I said, hey, good morning. Going up, going down. They said, I'm going up. I said, good. How far? I said, I'm a pastor and I just want you to know that we can go up if we have the Lord Jesus Christ in our heart. I hope you do. I didn't lead them to Jesus because they're only going up one floor. I would have taken the stairs because we're on two and they're going to three. And I'm like, three? Just take the stairs. But you know what? Maybe there was something planted. I don't know. But maybe there was something that they needed to hear that day. I don't know. That's not for me to figure it out. I'm not here to have a dissertation with God. I'm just here to be obedient, to step up when he says step. Take a step of faith. Say what you need to say in a loving, caring way. But I am doing my part. Just one person. One person. We are beginning a SummerSlam emphasis. It starts today with this message. It's going to start tomorrow night in our leadership meeting. And then we're going to share this next week with all the church. But there's something I'm very excited. I'll tell you one of the things right now. God has birthed this in my heart and I'm sharing it with the staff. They're excited about it. I'm sharing it tomorrow night with all the leaders. I'm going to tell you one thing today. It's just going to whet your appetite. God put it in my heart that all of us at PCA Church, for one minute, okay, it happens twice a day, two minutes, but one minute at a time, wherever you are at this particular time, you don't have to stop what you're doing, but just take a moment and pray. One minute. One minute. You can pray for anything you want to pray about that God's put upon your heart. 
Pray for your family, your friends, your co-workers. If you don't have anything else to pray for, pray for your pastor. Pray for your board. Pray for your church, whatever it may be. But for one minute, we're going to have that time set. We're going to share it with you next, next week to where the same time, twice a day, we're all going to stop for one minute and pray. I believe there's power in prayer, don't you? Amen. I believe everybody can pray for one minute. I mean, we're not starting out with an hour. One minute. God's given us so many other things. We're going to share those with you next week. Because God is releasing this church out into this mission field to win the lost. We've got to win the lost. We don't need to swap fish in the fish bowls. That's not the kind of pastor I am. We don't need fish swapping and say, oh, we got more fish in our bowl this week. Well, they'll be in another bowl next week. We need to get some brand new little fish. So we need to birth some new fish and bring them into the kingdom of God and then care for them and watch over them and help them grow up and mature so that they can then go out and say, now I'm going to be a fisher of me. That's what we are about. Winning the lost and, and reaching out. And you know who's going to do it? Every one of us. Because every one of us are going to be challenged to draw near to somebody. God's going to show you who it is. But my challenge to you today is, before we can do any of this, we've got to submit to God. And say, God, not my will, Wow, that is so powerful in this generation we are living in. Because can I tell you that this generation's will is superseding God's in every part of their life. Their will is superseding God's will in the churches they go to. Their will is superseding God's will in every area of their lives. They're going, I don't care what God's will, this makes me feel good. Listen. A lot of things in my relationship with God make me feel good. A lot of them do. There's some things in my relationship with God that I just don't enjoy. It doesn't feel good, but it's good for me. I need it. I need God to, to, to get me into the right place and the right position so that I can do what God's called me to do. And sometimes I want to be over here and God goes, uh 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 uh, 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 come on. Come on. No. With all, I've been there. I've been there this last week. You've been there. Because if you're constantly walking with God, He's constantly moving you closer and closer. Come on. Come on. Oh, come on. You want to hold my hand? What? Come on. Have you ever met people that just don't like anybody in their space? You try to get close to back up. I've had people like that in my church. And you know what happens? I've had the very same people who would not hug me. A few weeks later, would get to their cars, grown men, get to their cars, come running back in the church and go, Pastor, I forgot to give you my hug today. Oh. <laughs> you see, we just left a culture that does not hug. And I hug. And everybody told me, people here do not hug. Matter of fact, they told me the first Sunday I was at First Assembly of God that we are First Assembly of God. And we don't clap. And we don't shout. 
Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.